All right, so folks, here we are for our next installment of Pivot Play. And I'm here today with the amazing, the energetic. Uh, this woman has infectious energy uh, and has accomplished so much with someone I've known since a child. This is Michelle Washington, uh, the founder of Women of More LLC. And uh, so welcome, Michelle. Thank you so much. I just want to let your audience know that you are the older so if we've been known for children i always look up to you but like by a couple weeks probably i don't know (laughs) so let's so let's cover that first so we we've known each other for a long time um i used to hang out with your brother back in the day and would uh occasionally spend weekends with you guys over in in germantown Mm -hmm. um and you know we all belong to the same church that was passed upon by uncles which you're right well you were you were little michelle back right. <laughs> right. so y'all were able to do whatever y'all wanted to do and i'm like why can't i go yeah so um yeah so that's 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 kind of interesting oh you know i just realized we're actually we're live live right anyway don't worry about it Okay. Yeah, just we'll we'll talk about it. But I I see we have um we have a number of people on. So hey, if you're on here, and uh, you have uh, comments or questions, just just throw them out. So anyway, Michelle. So this is what's tough about doing interviews with people I've known for so long is you kind of figure out where to kind of where to where to start. Um, but let's just jump in with with women of more. What what is it? Um. No one ever asked me, what is it? They always ask me, where did it come from? Nah, what's, what's, when I say, what is it? Like, what is the purpose? What is the mission? What yeah. is the vision? Um, the vision is to really get women to understand their position in life outside yeah. of our roles and responsibilities. Um, you know, when we were born or created, you know, we weren't, created with a title we was created as an action we was created as a being a human and with cool. being created as a woman we gain privileges we have benefits with that but sometimes okay. we aim for the titles and all of those things and jump over being a woman so women of more is really to get women to regain their purpose not their purpose in life, but their purpose of who they are so they can do whatever they need to do. All right. So how long did it take you to really solidify sort of the, the tone, the character of what Women of More is, even to come up with the name? Mm-hmm. Like, what's, what was that process like? It's really not crazy. It's a beautiful storyline, very spiritual, you know, okay. um, after divorce, you know, women, if you're married, um, not married, but if you have children, you get two titles after divorce, you become a divorced woman, and then you become a single mom. Well, there was a season in my life where I allowed those two titles to govern who I was. And then I allow society to make me feel sad and less than because of those titles. And okay. I'll never forget the day it was a Saturday morning and it's going to sound kind of preachy, but it really happened this way. 
I really was just meditating and just feeling down, Tony. And and God said to me, he said, Michelle, there is more to you. He said, you're more than the shame. You're more than the hurt and the pain. You're more than, he said, you are a woman of more. And I heard it so clearly. And from that, I was like, I am. You know, I rediscovered who I was. I didn't discover, rediscover those titles or roles. He said, you're more than all of that. You're trying to give right. eyes something that you're more than. So that's where that all came from. Okay. So what was, what was the first endeavor? So was it the, was it the magazine? What did you do first? Um, the first thing I did, I started doing social media campaigns. It was called all women okay. rock. That's how okay. I got started, where I start highlighting, I think, at least 100 women just to get the name out there. Um, right. In that, my whole my whole basis was just to let women know who they were. But I didn't realize that I was really starting the marketing piece of it to get the name uh, out there. And right. that's how I was started. So when, when you have... Uh, if a person has a, a, a vision, a, a goal, a mission, whatever, mm -hmm. um, it it can be iterative, right? It evolves. It challenges you to evolve. And so in what ways has Michelle had to change to really, you know, kind of make this like a tailor-made suit? I had to grow up. I really, hmm. I really had to grow into this whole concept of being a woman of more. As good as it sounds, as powerful as it is, it was before me and I had to go into it. I had to walk into this particular thing. I had to grow up and then I had to eliminate some of those things that kept me in that place of where I was trying to leave from. Okay. So let's so let's bring up some words then. So let's talk about doubt. Let's talk about failure. Mm -hmm. um, let's let's talk about money, right? Because there's no mission without money. Yeah. Uh, so were there doubts, or were you just you know you just always a hundred percent determined, a hundred percent you could see what's coming down the road? Does that play a role for you, Tony? Everybody is not like you that don't have any doubts about anything. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, the stories I can tell. <laughs> of course, I had doubts because I was coming out of a season of feeling less than. So it took me time to have the confidence to say, you know, I had that that light bulb moment. Mm -hmm. But in that light bulb moment, it was like, okay, Michelle, you could do it, type of thing, you know. But before I started actually going out i had to deal with some doubt like right. what are people going to say are people that are following? they're going to understand it was so much I, just, I don't even know how you do it tony how you just go out and do stuff that people understand <laughs> yeah so you know so that's that's an interesting one so we, we can come back to that because i i don't have a full answer because what what you see is the things that i've done um, I see the things that I've done. I see the time that it has taken me to do them, right? Mm -hmm. I'm, not, I'm not always on the timeline I think I should be on. Mm -hmm. And then I have a pile of undone things, right? I'm no different, um, I think, than, than other people. And so 
I guess my question in is when it comes to women of more, what, how do you define success for yourself and women of more? When I'm able to look at that list of things and see that I'm checking them off, to be honest with you, mm-hmm. that is the number one thing, um, you know, because I can't count on people to just tell me, oh, you're doing well. I mean, all those things are great. I mean, they're wonderful. There are great things to help me be encouraged and, and do those things. But when I mm-hmm. go at the list, and say, Dad, you achieved that. Okay, you did that, or you were successful. You accomplished what you set out to do in the beginning of the year. That is success. It's not about money. It's not about people that I might come in contact with. It's all about that list because I really, really had to learn that discipline as well, not procrastinating. So how how long did it take to get volume one of the magazine done? Volume one was so hard. It was so hard. And it was only six pages. <laughs> it was only six, but that was, oh my goodness. I cried. Now you're talking about doubting. I just was like, it's done. I'm not doing this at all. Right. Um, but it was, I think it was hard because I wasn't sure. It wasn't something that I went to school for. Right. It was a way of carrying the message to places that I wasn't in. So right. I'm thinking, how are you able to do this? Or why do you want to do this? You don't have no experience. So right. it was hard. So I mean, I mean, so let's break this down, right? You can tell me which of them may have been the most challenging. And I'm just gonna go off the top of my head, things that I would think you'd have to have in mind or some grasp on to, to put out a magazine. So one is you, you need you need content, right? <clears throat> so there's writing, there's editors, there's who what's the subject matter? Who's the subject matter, right? How do you get people setting up interviews, learning how to interview those people? Then there's photographs and there's you know typesetting. And I mean there's a whole then there's there's marketing and distribution. So there's a I don't know, was that eight things probably, and I probably didn't get them all, but you were doing pretty much, it seemed to me, all this stuff yourself in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Do you still do it all now? See, Tony, we had this conversation about <laughs> But if, if this, that same conversation, that was over a year and a half ago. It was. Um... So... And that's why I asked the question because I didn't think I'd be, I didn't expect to say answer. So I do have someone that helps me edit the articles. I okay. still create the con, I create the pages and things like that. Mm-hmm. But I am, I don't want to have a conversation because I don't like having repetitive conversations with you, Tony, because you're, you're, you hold people accountable without holding them accountable. It's almost like you say, you know what? These are the things you should do. Mm-hmm. You always ask why you're doing it, but you never put the fire to to the person. You give the information and you walk away. I'm like, but you feel accountable to what you just said. Well, because I'm not trying to drop any grenades on people, but you know, so there's a couple things just for me personally. Um, like it's amazing to me that people use sleep as a reason to not get things done. Mm. Um, I'm like, yeah, I mean, 
so it's just my belief, Michelle. Is I, I believe that anyone can sleep, but rest is earned. Mm. So when I lay my head down, I want to rest. I don't want to sleep because if I know that there are things that I didn't get done, and it's not that you can do it all, but you, you kind of go back and look at a day and be like, I know what I did, what I didn't do. I know what it's like to sit in front of, you know, um, I would say an unfavorable task and just procrastinate, find ways to not do it. And I've had those other days. I come up with a list and like, boom, we got this stuff done. And I still, I feel so great about that. Yeah. But um, so there was a, a recent um, pop-up edition of Pivot Play that I did. And I did it because it was a message to myself. So I'll, I'll take you back some number of years. And I did my first uh, album CD, right? And I did everything. I wrote the music. I mean, I brought in some singers, but I wrote the music. I was singing. I was playing. I was, I was the recording engineer. I was mixing. Mm -hmm. I did all the cover art and everything, and work with the CD company. Like when I say I did everything, I did everything, and I'm like, I will never do that again. But what I did learn is all the steps. So then, if I did bring in someone to do something, I know how to articulate the standard. Mm -hmm. at which I wanted to see something done. But anyway, so what I'm saying is there's a there's a, an episode that I did that was called Me, We, Them. And this is how I'm learning to get things done now. Like, there's a lot of things I can do on my own. So that's the me part of it. But mm -hmm. sometimes it takes longer, certainly wears you out more. Yeah. Um, and again, just the delay. Because some things, as you know, is a speed the market issue, right? There's an opportunity you have to be able to jump on it. But the other big challenge with that is it really limits the way that a vision can scale, right? Because sometimes things have to grow, not based on our personality, but based on our principle, right? And it's easier for you to replicate your principles than it is to replicate your personality because there's just not a lot of people that have that energy and that smile and all that. There's you know what I mean? <laughs> So, so there's that part. So I, I put that out, um, you know, just really for me, it's a lesson that I've learned in some ways letting go and it has forced me to challenge my trust issues, right? And is someone gonna be really careful with my baby or are they gonna look at me and tell me my baby's ugly? <laughs> Tony, do you would you say that it is a trust thing that calls people not to. Yeah. Why, why is that? Um, I think we've been programmed uh, for distrust. And I, and I mean that by, you know, we've certainly the things that we've experienced in life and in our own relationships. Um, mm -hmm. And then the people to the side of us, everyone's got a story of how somebody did them dirty. And then you think about a lot of the content that we call entertainment mm -hmm. is typically based on somebody who violated somebody else's trust, right? So we see it all around. Um, and, and then so we have concerns. I mean, I, I, you know, I, I don't know if I've told the story, but, you know, I've, I've had the occasion to have something that I worked hard on, an actual invention for golf. The guys that I was working with. Um, stole that idea to convince me it couldn't happen. And next time I saw it, it was sitting on the store shelf. Everybody. You know what I mean? So, you know, and I've, I've, I've written music and put things out and I've heard and I hear back to somebody said they wrote that song. <laughs> so 
I, so I think that again, the trust can just be experiential. It's just based on what we go through. And then if, and sometimes in our circle, we don't have people who encourage trust either. They encourage building walls, safeguarding yourself, hiding. But at some point it's got to get out there. And at some point you have to also accept once I put it out, this might light a fire under someone else and they could build something that looks very much like what I just did. You know what, Tony, you, you, you always told me that, and I hope you remember what you said. You said there is a, um, a board, not a board literally, but what, yeah. All right. What did you say? Cause that was really, so cool. yeah. And so I, I, <laughs> so I believe there's kind of like this cosmic bulletin board. We, we share, you know, spiritually the same energy we can be on the same frequency so it's like if you've ever been in a room with someone it's like well who was in that movie right and i'm trying to think through this name and that name could pop into your head and in a split second it comes out of somebody else's mouth yeah so we we share that most often and, that, and it's a mystery to me how that happens but i'll give you another example of this shared energy have you ever been on the phone with someone they yawn and you yawn yes Right. And sometimes it happens when you might be disguising your yawn and they still yawn. Yeah. So there there is something there. And so I believe that ideas are kind of like this sort of cosmic bulletin board mm -hmm. and they're just out there. Once it's an idea that's, that's birthed in your head, it's in the cosmos. Mm -hmm. Now it's about who's going to execute. I don't know that we necessarily have all these unique ideas. I just think there's the uniqueness to whether or not people execute on that idea. You know, again, I've had other ideas I didn't execute on and something that almost matched it exactly shows up in the market. I'm like, and I felt bad because I let someone talk me out of it before it ever got started. It, it is so incredible because that happens more often than none, you right. know, and um, well, you're the guy to figure that out. You like figuring stuff out. So <laughs> I, I, do. Yeah. I do. But I, but what I think it is, it's about um, it's about executing and then i think sometimes it is about speed you know like i you know and again i've been in and around music as you know forever mm -hmm. and i can't tell you how many people you know get a bunch of folks together and they do this live recording three years later there's no project out yeah right and then it's like well now it's stale and like, oh, it wasn't if you had a plan to execute and i don't mean to say that to oversimplify you know i can't oversimplify for you you know mm -hmm. what a labor it is especially when you have emotional investment in something. Mm -hmm. It's not easy. So so let's so let me ask you this question. And so again, the risk of the success and the accomplishment that you've had is by the time people see it, their view of it is oversimplified. Talk just a minute about what this has really cost you emotionally in times of sleep, in, in terms of sleep, in terms of money, in terms of relationships, whatever those things, because it never comes without a cost and it's never as easy as people think. What what has this journey been like for you? It has cost me everything, everything. And I don't know why I'm getting emotional about it right now, but it really has. I already told you it caused me to grow up in some areas, which I'm grateful for because it's a benefit. Um, but emotionally and mentally, um, 
it's not, this is not a business or an idea for people that are just want to do it here or there, especially when you're, and I don't want to use the word brand, but when you want to build something that's going to be outlive you, it takes everything about you to build it. And the foundation, of course, is the most important part because as you're building, like you said, if I bring someone in, uh, they might, you know, you know, done something that wasn't right, they could be removed, but the foundation still have to remain. So right. like even this week, I made sure that you was the last thing that I'm absolutely giving my time to because I need some rest. I don't need right. to, I take naps and stuff like that, but I need rest where my mind can reset because right. I know I've been going so hard um, for different things and being stretched different places that I'm not going to be able to execute as fast as I could right. if I got the rest. So right. it takes a lot. I know the right. posts look amazing. I know the Facebook lives. I know the magazines. But behind that, it's, it's a lot. So, and you have learned a lot. And um, so I want to say we have some some folks who are watching this live. So I'm going to ask you guys if you could please share this out because um, this is good stuff. You don't want to, you know, uh, gift it to someone else. So you have learned just you've taken on these skills, right? You're filming, editing video, doing it. Like, again, you, you, and you're such an example of what I really believe is that the vision can come, the dream can come, but it will demand something of you. So I believe in this day and age, our ability to self-educate mm -hmm. is crucial, mm -hmm. right? So what is your approach to learning a new skill, right? Whether it's a piece of software, I mean, you, you avoided the word brand on the why, but brand like Women of More is a brand, mm -hmm. right, today. Um, so what have you learned about you know, branding, what have you learned about marketing? What have you learned about consulting? What have you learned about how to charge for your service? Like these are all things you've learned. What is what is your approach when you have to take on something new? I I treat it and I just learned this this year to treat my gifts and my um my gifts and talents in regards to what I do as a tithe. You know, the Bible tells us to give a tithe and an offering. Well, I give that to my gifts and talents as well. At least two hours a day or more um, that I'm really focused on learning how to master a particular thing. And then the other thing that helps me accelerate in those areas are the right mentors. My ultimate mm. goal, Tony, is to, um, I don't even know the word, but I'll say the people. I love Miss Kathy Hughes. I love what she has built. I love what she has done. I love what Oprah has done. I love what um, Ava has done. I love all those things. And I can see myself on that level because that's a desire. Well, in order mm -hmm. to get there, I have to study not what they're doing so much, that too, but who they are and how they're engaging, how they're able to see, just like with you, we were mm -hmm. talking earlier and you're able to see certain things to understand the strategy or what's missing. 
Um, because I want to be that person not to imitate, but find mm-hmm. out where the gaps are, where I am today, where I'm at right. today. I want to, I want to know what's missing. And let me tell you, Tony, this is so funny. What we were just talking about. I had an idea and I'm going to still do it. It's called behind the man of more. And oh, what nice. I was going to do is talk to different men like yourself, not to see who was behind you, but who is behind you in your heart, your mind, right. your thought process, how you do. So two weeks ago, I was watching TV. I was watching OWN, OWN Network. Mm-hmm. And it came up with a um, series, a mini series called Behind the Man. <laughs> I was like, But they're talking, I know, that's why I'm saying it. Right. But that's but theirs is talking about their wife, the mm-hmm. woman, their mother, and stuff like that, which is cool, but it's all in about execution. And that's yeah. what I want to learn from those different women. How were they able to execute? Because I think that is the thing from where I am today to that next big thing or mm-hmm. where it's going to is execution. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's execution and then scale, right? Because then as it grows yeah. and it's like, then you'll figure out whether or not your your cookie cutter, you know, is really designed the right way, right? Can you right. rubber stamp this? Can it really expand in, in everything that you do? And so, um, yeah, so let's talk about, let's talk about money for a minute. Mm-hmm. So how do you establish what you charge for your services and what is your defense against the hookup? Tony, I, I, man, when somebody try to get get a hookup from me, I, I, Tony, listen, Tony, do people know your name is Tony? I, you know, I was going to say maybe you should explain it and why you, because they're like, who's this? I thought this was Jerry's podcast. Tony, listen, I didn't even know who Jerry was. And I was like, why are they calling him Jerry? I never knew your name was Jerry till like a couple of years ago. I'm like. Why are they calling him Jerry? His name is not Jerry. His name is Tony. Where oh, did yeah, Jerry? Yeah, 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 yeah. Where did Tony come from? Is that your? Well, so my middle name is Anthony. Okay. Right. So that's why it became. It was is my nickname because my my dad's name is Jerry. And so you know you can't have two Jerry's in the house, and you know um, every now and again someone would call me Little Jerry, which I despise. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's Tony. So I always tell people like, if you know me, like you know me, know me, you're probably gonna call me Tony. If you meet me through business or something else, then you're probably gonna call me Jerry. Other people know me from music stuff as Jay Anthony. So it's just you know, but yeah, call yeah. me Tony. They, they, I never yeah, heard Jay Anthony. That. Wow, really? Hey Anthony, well, what's these? Tony, listen. What was the question? <laughs> Money. <laughs> it was money. It was, it was about the hookup. It was about how. What's your defense against the hookup? You know, I teach them how to get the hookup on their own, because I had to do the hard work. I had. To, if I have to do the work, then you have to do the work. I mean, mm-hmm. in, in along the journey, of course, some people have, you know, made, you know, done favors for me, but I still sure. have to do the work. And I don't think nobody want to do the work. So when they do see 
a Kathy Hughes or Sheila E. Their first question, how did you get that person? Work. Oh, wait a minute. Can we go back to that? Can we talk about the whole Sheila E. thing? Because that's not a, that's, that, that's a, that's a whole backstory, right? Share, share the backstory of Sheila E., please. <laughs> well, you know, well, I play the drums. Mm -hmm. Sheila E. has always been that woman that I just admired from a little girl, always. So once I got into this market, I'm like, one day, it's always every cup, not every cover girl, but those big cover girls, one day, Dilla right. E is going to be on the cover. I did my work. It took eight months for it to happen. Not because we weren't in contact with each other. It was just the timing. Right. And um, I knew that my execution had to be like a little bit different then mm -hmm. I was doing other things. Um, so when her executive assistant said, yeah, she'll be on the cover. I was, Tony, just thinking about it, just going to make me just want to throw my laptop across the floor. <laughs> <laughs> because it, it was like, wow, this is like really happening. And then I said, you know, I would love to do a Facebook Live. I need to bring that up to Facebook Live. It's like, sure. We love what you're doing. And that is the one, that's one of the major keys in business. That when you ask a business person, a celebrity, or whomever, they're going to check your stuff out. Right. And if your stuff isn't legit, they will say no. Right. And that is so important. So I don't. I want you to continue the story, but so just tell me about that moment of validation and what that meant for you. Tony, this is not the show that I'm gonna cry because I don't even know why I'm crying about that. That <laughs> happened like a year ago, I think. This was, was longer than a year ago. It's two years. Good. <laughs> yeah, I think it's two years. It, it was a lot of validation right. because. I think in that moment, I was still struggling with me. Right. And to, and I was still concerned about what other people thought about me to right. a degree. So for Sheila E to say yes to me, it was like, oh, okay. I, I'm on a different, different level right now. Right. So right. I had to catch up quickly with that mm -hmm. thing. Wow. So okay, so so let's talk about the, you know, the whole just I know the story. They don't know what how all that went down. The interview, the videos, like there's don't cheat the people, Michelle. <laughs> what do you want to know? So um so it, it happened just like that, that, that I said, you know, I talked to her assistant. We went back and forth. We was trying to do a, a photo shoot um, in California, but timing was just off. And this was like, if you said two years ago, I was still building. So I didn't have like a photographer in California that could, you know, do certain things if I wasn't there. So it was just a lot. But in that moment, you know, even before we went live on Facebook, she was talking to me. I was letting her know the why and how I viewed her. She said, and every woman has said this, they said, Michelle, your message 
it's where I am or where I was. And it's so powerful. So I know with those affirmations that I'm not on to something, but I have to continue this because of the impact it's making to all women. So right. in a nutshell, she got, we did a Facebook live. We talked, she was actually going to be in Philly, um, during the pandemic, but the change that we was going to catch up and, and do some things together, but I know it'll come back around. Right. That's an, I mean, that's an amazing, it's an amazing story, right? And you, you just never know. Mm -hmm. So do you feel um, any additional burden as a woman who has, you know, this magazine and an organization called Women of More to kind of always have on the cape and always be super Michelle? You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't, I don't feel the pressure of being all of that because what I realized in this in this process is that women want to see the reality of who you are. They right. want to know that you are just like them. And that's what I tell women that are really imprisoned because that's a whole another story in regards to another passion of mine. I always tell them the only difference between myself and them is our choices and they got caught and I didn't. You know, right. so it doesn't mean that I'm better than you or you're less than me. I just know that it's important that I be someone that they can identify and say, you know what, that Michelle, yeah, I can apply what she's saying. I can relate to what she's saying because without that person relating to me, then what am I doing? Right. And so I, I think what I see so often is when people have a platform you know, it becomes harder for them to be that transparent and be themselves. How how important is that to you that as women of more grows that Michelle doesn't get lost in that? It's it's really people like you that I know and I don't go to you all the time because I don't want to I know I could if I wanted to, but I wanna use it when I desperately need that culture. But it's important for me to have people like yourself and others that can keep me, not hold me accountable, but keep me grounded. You know, right. I, I don't want all of, all of that attention. I just want right. to be able to complete this fully where people are able to gain something and live the life of right. a woman of more. So is, is women of more synonymous with women of color? No. Okay. So what? So talk to me about that. What? So what's the vision then? Because you're you're a woman of color, right? Mm -hmm. You clearly know a lot of women of color. You know what I mean? Like we 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 identify, we represent kind of where we come from. Mm -hmm. So so what's what's the diversity um, aspect of women of more than? It, it's it's just that it's diversified in regards to every woman. You know, when I got the vision, it wasn't Michelle go after black women or go after Christian women. I got the message that go after women because I believe that all type of women, if we get to that place of us knowing that we are more than, then it doesn't matter if they're black or white. I mean, right. if there's something that's an issue with black women, oh, I'm going to stand up for it. I'm going to speak on it. But right. to just say that this is my lane of being black, 
it's not. Right. And so women in 168 countries have experienced Women of More magazine. What type of feedback are you getting from women globally? Well, there's two two places, India and I want to say Ghana, maybe, where women have reached out to me personally and want to really want me to come to those areas. And I really would love to do that um, because I believe that, you know, this message again needs to go beyond me at this point in my life into those areas. Um, but it's good. Every woman that I have spoken to outside of the United States the message of just the the title women of more is always catchy for them because oh. they and they understand it i thought in the beginning people wouldn't understand what being a woman of more is but it seemed like the people the women especially over there they need that because a lot of women over there are not valued they don't know their worth um, right. just the word alone has provided some level of inspiration so I'm looking mm -hmm. forward in 2021 to really expand in those markets a little bit more, not just from the DMs or the emails, but to right. really gauge them differently. So let me segue for a second. In your opinion, what has the ascension of a Kamala Harris meant? What What do you take from that? Um. First, that that is powerful. It's a game changer, of course. Um. But what I, I took away from it, because I don't believe that that's my lane, but that was her lane and she never gave up on pursuing that. And she made it, she got there. You know, I love the picture with all the other vice presidents, they're all white um, and just one black woman. It is so powerful. And I think those are the moments that allows me to, you know, sit up a little taller to mm -hmm. aim not to be the next VP, but to be able to say, you know what? You have the capacity to do everything you want to do. You right. just do it, you know? Right. So it's a game changer, of course. And I would love, I haven't wrote it on my list to have her part of the magazine or just having a conversation. But um, I believe if I desire that, it will come to that. Right. Oh, absolutely. So then in terms of, the progress that women are, are making, right? Is it moving forward? Do you think it's just steady state? Is it declining? Like what is the trajectory for women currently? What I, what I hope it's not, I hope it's not an emotional or a moment of frenzy of women being highlighted. I hope it's not. I really hope it's not. I hope we're not making noise to say this is our moment, this is our year, this is our. I hope it's not that, because I think we're more than just a moment. We are women. Um, right. I hope that we are able to navigate ourselves in those different places that we were locked out of, not right. being afraid to step. I, I think Kamala will show us to not be afraid of stepping into those boardrooms or pursuing it, even though I, I believe First Lady uh, Michelle Obama showed us that as well. Oh yeah, yeah, you amazing, know? smart, a, a yeah. ton of resilience and just grit. I mean, and she 
she obviously took more criticism, direct and indirect, than you know anyone. I don't even think a sitting president has ever taken more. Yeah, for sure. Criticism, you know, she she might have beat Obama, and he, <laughs> her husband, and he he had a he had a ton as well. And so when I when I look around the landscape, at least the the you know where where I am is you know I see more women, you know, ascending to these high roles in you know in large corporations, right? Mm -hmm. Whether it's Starbucks, McDonald's, there's, there's just a there's a ton of them, you know, and, and largely in some ways stepping into these diversity roles, but they're they're there, right? And they have a seat at the table. You know, oftentimes these are C-suite positions, so they they have a voice that's going to be heard. Now that the challenge is different because they're they really are going up against culture, right? Mm -hmm. But and so I see that super stoked about it. Um, but with that, do you see the progress of Black women outpacing that of Black men? I do, I do. But but the thing with that, like I just said, I hope it's not just a moment because we have always been powerful. We have always stood up for things that were wrong. We were always the ones that were pulling and leading the family to a degree or helping our husbands or whatever the situation. We always was that, but we're being highlighted now because of so many reasons, whether it's Kamala, whether it's Stacey, whether it's because of the Me Too uh, movement, all these different things are happening. I just hope we outlive the moment because it is, I don't know the term and you probably can help me with this. You know, when, you know, when someone passes away, it's like trending for at least right. three days. Mm -hmm. But after the three days, it's like we move on. And I'm right. hoping that that's not the case for this moment or this movement or the change, um, changing of the guards. Well, what I think what we're going to see is, well, I'll just say, so I, what I think we're going to see is that the news cycles are going to slow down, right? Because of, you know, the current administration and just that it is an ongoing, just, you know, drama factory um, and unpredictable. It forces a changing and even things that we should pay attention to or move off or moved off the scene. And that then that could be again, unfortunately, if someone passes away, but it could be any event that happens, even if it's of you know international significance, we can still see that it just turns over because what's the next thing that's going to happen? Mm -hmm. So I believe that that will slow it down, hopefully, and allow us to be able to really absorb and internalize some of what's you know kind of some of what's going on. But we've just been forced into this treadmill sort of yeah. thing in terms of the attention. And now, but also because of the pandemic, maybe we've doubled down on that because you have to know this as a content creator, you know, well, people got nothing but time now, right? So, you know, there's there's new content creators popping up all the time. Um, and there's only so much stuff that can show up on someone's feed. I don't care what the platform is, whether it's Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, mm -hmm. you know, People got time on their hands now, so it's, it's difficult to sort of sort of get a, a word in edgewise. So, with that, how during this, what has the pandemic done, or or has women of more been impacted, and do you see more challenges with being able to maintain 
your audience with this sea of content that's out there now? Well, I think we were blessed to already be in the digital world, you know, for all these years. So we already knew how to pivot and, mm -hmm. um, you know, gauge our audience in a digital way, uh, because that's something that I knew was necessary because a lot of people were changing years ago in regards to how they consume content. Right. So um, we were able to navigate, you know, differently um, and be creative in a whole process because I've been right. crisis um, breeds creativity. So we were this year has really been a good year for us. It's really yeah. been a good year and I'm grateful for it, but it's all in that execution. If I didn't pivot and make those decisions right away, then. Is it, is it, but it, do you find it challenging to move away from, let's say a, a method or an approach that was tried and true. And it's like, now we need to do something different, you know, cause I always say, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. What's your and thought on that? There are some things that we haven't changed, but I'm like you, I'm curious to know that there has to be something else that I can do to expand this thing that I have mastered because you'll find yourself in a rut. You're just doing the same thing over and over. And I'm I'm that person that that tries different things create creatively. Right. No. So so let me ask you this because there's two questions I want to get to, but I, got, I have to ask this and I should have done it earlier. Where's the energy come from? Like like seriously, I I have never seen you in a in a space in a place where you just you you have an aura, right? And not a lot of people do. Um, so what, how do you, what's up with that? <laughs> Help me out. Tony, let me ask you, can I ask you a question with your question? Sure. As, as since I was a little girl, have I always been this way? Um, no, not, 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 not to my recollection. Oh, that's right, because you're you know, much older than me. You probably was already. I, I am so much older, and frankly, a lot of my memories from when I was in poverty, I just pushed them. Just re, re, I just suppressed all those. <laughs> you know, I didn't. I didn't. Re, I didn't remember it that way. As a matter of fact, I can think back to. I'm going to say, the early, maybe late, nineties. I remember seeing you out. But you really had this just sort of very distinguished, sort of very reserved demeanor. It was like, I think that's the same person I knew as a kid, but I don't know. But then I saw you again, you just like, boom. It's like, here's 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 Michelle, just unrelenting. I mean, how many people have videos of them doing cartwheels on Facebook? I mean, you know, you do stuff. So. You know, Tony, what it is is I began to love myself like never before. And, and that is so true. Like I wake up like this. I really do. It's I could, my alarm goes off at five o'clock every morning. Well, like five, no, four forty-five because I try to get to the gym at five, five, fifteen. So I'm up. I'm because I'm I'm ready for what life has for me. Mm -hmm. And everything that I do, Tony, I absolutely enjoy. So when I'm I'm doing anything, I give it my all. Like this, if this is my last interview or conversation mm. like this, then I'm gonna be satisfied because I gave you all of me. You know, right. I'm gonna hold right. it. You know. 
so let's jump into this. So we and we probably have about 13 minutes left. So you, you know, in our sort of pre-discussion, you brought up a question around success. And I said, save that for our conversation. Do you remember the question? Um, was the fear of success? <laughs> I, th I think it was something around that. Okay. Also, were you asking me whether or not people fear success? Yeah. Okay. So I'll, I'll offer you my position mm -hmm. on that, and I'm, and I'm open to hear yours. So I don't know that people fear success. I think people start with a poor definition of what success is. Right. Um, and I think that every person has to define that for whatever it is that they're doing. Mm -hmm. And I think that people sometimes start off with an idea, a vision or a mission, directly thinking about how much money they're going to make. Mm -hmm. um, they're not thinking about the commitment and the passion. And I think it's just because we've been given so much incorrect information. You know, a lot of their heroes, they think are dropping them breadcrumbs and they're not. They're not. You're not seeing behind the scenes of what happens. Right. But I, I think the other thing in terms of what the they're not being a great definition for success, because some people could literally be like, hey, if I can touch one person. Then you need to know that. So when you're when that moment shows up, just like you, you, you can identify that moment of af um, affirmation, that moment of I did that. Right. Um, but I think the other thing with most folks is. It's not the fear of success as much as it is the fear of criticism, mm -hmm. the fear of putting my idea out there, because as you well know, once it's out there, people are going to grade it. People are mm -hmm. going to judge it. People are going to put it through a sifter. You know, though these people may have never done anything on their own ever, we have become expert critics. Mm -hmm. So I think that is really what the fear is. Um, when it comes to success, and then there's that other word, the F word, failure. Mm -hmm. And it's how do people define that, right? So even for you, like, do you do you process using the word failure, or, or do you have a, a, a different term, or how do you what do you how do you label it when something doesn't go the way you wanted it to go? I just didn't get it right that time. Let me so it's a learning. It's a learning experience. Yeah. Maybe I shouldn't have, maybe I should have sent an email this time or, you know, maybe that person had a bad day. If I get a no, I'm not going to just take that no, like, oh, okay, you know, I'll come back around. Maybe I missed something, but mm -hmm. it's definitely a learning um, situation for me. But so again, in terms of people fearing success, um, and, and, and to be fair, like I do know some people that have had sort of self-destructive behaviors. It's like they get right up to the cusp of being a success and they do something to drop a grenade on their own foot. Yeah. They get it right into the door and then they then they shoot themselves in the foot. Like it's just these self-sabotaging things. But I think what happens then is, you know, there is this this term um, along with self-sabotage is imposter syndrome. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I do believe that there are people who do not feel that they are worthy of the success that they desire. So and I think that they then okay. mess it up. Go ahead. With that, I believe that success is good, mm -hmm. however we define it or however right. we expect from it. So my question is why would we fear something that is good for us or what we desire? And it came to me, Tony, is that we don't fear it 
we have been programmed, like you said, from the things in our past. Mm -hmm. And what happens from our past of not feeling worthy or feeling like you you want to be criticized or someone told you you're not smart enough. So in those moments of of that present moment, what's happening is those things are coming up to you now. So now you fear in something that's before you, but you're really stirring up stuff from your past and making it your reality. And that's why I said, you really don't have fear of success. You're still allowing fearful things to make you fearful of this moment. What do you say about that? Um, I I think it can certainly be that. I mean, I've seen people have a moment and then shrink in that moment. Yeah. yeah, Right. Because they're, they're, you know, they're, as I call it, they have haunted dreams. So they have dreams, but there's ghosts and goblins that are showing up in those dreams. And so Mm -hmm. the dream becomes a nightmare, even if it's on the path of success. Mm -hmm. Um, And and it's really unfortunate. But like you said, if you're going to go through this at every step along the way, there's something for you to learn about you because mm-hmm. it is, it really comes down to it is about you. Yeah. You know, and, you know, and, and then I guess this is becoming one of my things. Um, but I really believe that while people are building their toolkit mm-hmm. to go on this journey, the one thing you want to make sure that you have in that toolkit is a mirror. Yeah. Make sure that you can see you right like you said if something doesn't go the way you want you go back and look and say oh i could have done this maybe i should have done that well that's not what a lot of people do michelle when things don't go their way it was always them that was the reason didn't go and so now everyone has become an enemy of the dream which again goes back to this whole trust thing that's why you don't let people in but if you can embrace it as learning how can i do it better how can i do it differently how can i do it bigger it's a whole different process and it doesn't have to be condemnation. And I think people look at a setback as a pronouncement yeah. of something that's wrong with you. Yeah. Well, we got a lot of doctrine that supports that. I'm not getting into it, but we have a lot of this self-deprecation that we do mm-hmm. um, that is learned behavior and people don't understand that. Yeah. If you're part of this system, that has this intent really in control, the freedom you need to really excel is not afforded you. You gave those keys to somebody else. You gave that license in your life to somebody else. And so this idea of truly being able to embrace the vision and embrace your dream doesn't mean you know that you're self-absorbed or that you've walked away from God. As a matter of fact, what my belief is, mm-hmm. is that we emulate God best in creation. Yes, sir. Yes, not sir. not in, not in worship. That's all. Hey, don't get me down. I, I end up on Listen, court TV I agree. again. I agree. <laughs> so, um, so, so there's so there's that. Um, so, so talk to me uh, before we run out of time. What is? How do you look at the generations of of women, right? And so, let's say, you know, the, the women that are, you know, say. 50 and above and then 20 to 12 50 and above so then maybe 30 to 50 mm-hmm. you know 18 to 30 like how how are these different generations of women what's different for them and, and do you change your message to are you trying to reach all of them or is there a sweet spot for you 
Because mm -hmm. I see these women being very different in their approach, in the way that they think, in the way that they move. What do you see? Um, all of what you just said, but I believe that all those generations are on the same playing field right now. Probably always been yeah. Because sometimes we're looking at the generations behind us to say that they are going to be the ones that do X, Y, and Z. And they are. Mm -hmm. But as long as we're here, we still have a responsibility to do our part. And right. I think sometimes we think that the older we get, let them do it. Let them do it. Yeah, they, they should do certain things, but we still need the older generation to do their part, whether it's right. teaching, whether it's mentorship, whether it's them fulfilling whatever they're doing, you know, right. or what they were assigned to do. The age has no bearings on what you were supposed to do. So I believe that we're, of course, deal with things differently. We are um, trying to navigate life differently. But when it comes to the core of us, we all have the same responsibility. So the so let me point out something to you then, and, and you can tell me if I, you know, how this rests on you. So I, I do believe, as you pointed out, like there's there's wisdom that informs each of those generations differently, right? And the, the younger generation, they, they just don't have it yet, right? Because oftentimes wisdom is a byproduct of experience. And if they're not plugged in to someone who has that, so they will. Um, and so, but also this definition of self, I think is somehow distorted. Mm -hmm. And and so when you look at Facebook and IG and these other platforms, it's like, and, and men do it too, but it, I just, this this ongoing photo shoot, right? And there has to be more to you than your face and lashes out to here and us looking at your booty. Like there has to be, and, and so I think I'm concerned sometimes and maybe just sort of my age at the way that women present themselves. And like, well, what reaction do you think that that's going to get you from, from men in particular Mm -hmm. But there's something in that, right? This this hunger for again validation, or say I'm pretty, say I'm like there's something there mm -hmm. that, and this is the reason why I see that gap in the generations as profoundly as I do, mm -hmm. because there's this, you know, and and like even this embracing of these younger generations so comfortably calling themselves the B word, like, and if you call the woman a bitch back, like that's a fight. Like this, I mean, you and these other women, they embrace it. I'm like, I'm so, I am so confused right. <laughs> at what's going on. But mm -hmm. it's like, mm, I'm not gonna call you that. Right. I don't know why you call. It. Like I said, my generation, that was a that was a fist fight. That was the end of a relationship. That was called the attorneys. Like that was a big deal. And now it's embraced. Like, eh, you know, women call themselves that. I just, I'm trying to figure out what's happening there. I think, well, I, I don't think it's just a different, different leader that is driving that generation. The leader, whoever the leader is or leaders are, they have created such a different narrative that is okay to express yourself. I mean, everything has changed. In our generation, you couldn't even the smallest curse word 
you couldn't say on HBO or anything. We thought when HBO was just when you kiss oh somebody on HBO, it was like, whoa, oh. no and 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 Cinemax. Oh my god. Yeah. But <laughs> right now it is like on channel six, NBC, CBS. It's just out there. I think it just changed. But I believe, like you said, the reason why some, not all women, are showing their bodies or saying certain things is because they missed something when they were younger. It always happens like that. It's it every is always that little girl that missed out on something or she wasn't taught a particular thing. And that's why I challenge women all the time that have little girls, especially don't just teach them how to keep a home, how to do laundry, show them their value, determine if they have some leader leadership traits in them or teach them how it is to be a leader, a woman um, of of courage and being brave. So then when she get to, our age she's not looking for that from you or from other people and that's where it's from right well it's it's so i think too i hate to bring around time here but i think also what's really important here is like you're like and i think you understand this right that so for me my legacy really is in my kids right whatever people say about me or think about me you want proof of that you gotta look at my look at my kids um and so i was just having a conversation with with my youngest a sophomore in college who wants to has a new business idea um and i'm really appreciative that her conversation like we're talking about that right and she's you know you gotta you gotta bring me a plan right you can't just bring me an idea right you gotta bring me a plan and so we were talking about mm-hmm. you know seed money and profit maps and you know helping her understand her cost and what's fixed assets. Like we, we're getting deep into it. And she said to me the other day though, she says, just dad, it's like, I don't know if my generation is paying attention. Things are not going back to the way that they were. When we step out into this adult world, how do we find, how do I find my place? And I don't know that, enough of our young people are able to have those types of conversations with their parent who can help guide them, right? Like, I don't need to become expert in what she wants to do, but I know enough to send her, do some research, bring me back something else. So she's printing out stuff, you know what I mean? Like turn that into the process and not what's just the, the next pair of sneakers you're gonna get or getting this bag or the next time you, like there's just some things that don't have a lot of sustained value that has captured the minds of our people, mm-hmm. you know? So I appreciate what you're doing because, you know, a body in motion will stay in motion until it's acted upon by some external force. So women of more is that bump. It's an external force to help you recalibrate and go in a different direction. Mm-hmm. And so I want to encourage you. I think we need more of it. I don't have all the answers. I'm doing the little bit that I can. You're, you're doing an amazing job at what you're doing, but I think, across all generations we have to find a way to steer and at least show them that there are some options there's there's more right there are other ways is this everything that you think is a big mystery may not be a big mystery let's sit down and have a conversation about it Mm -hmm. and how you can begin to reposition yourself so you can do some do some do some more 
mm -hmm. do some more types of things. So anyway, that's a lot. So before we go, what's there? How do people find you? Um, on Facebook, Michelle Washington, and on Instagram, Women of More Mag M A G. Um, Women of More Mag actually everywhere. Facebook, Twitter, um, you can find us. Um, but just follow, connect. Let me know you watched this um, live that we weren't intending to do, but I'm so grateful that it happened out this way. And, um, you know, just always know that even your biggest idea or where what you have mastered at this point in your life, that there is so much more to you than what you're doing right now. Right. So it's an amazing journey. What you've done is amazing. I appreciate you. I encourage you. You know, I'm here if you need me for anything. But I thank you so much for you, you know, just this came on with no hesitation at all. So I just I appreciate you. I can't even tell you how much. It's my pleasure. Thank you. All right. See you guys. Peace out.